Welcome to the Rock Quiz, or as it is known around here, the little-known and even less cared-for fact, Rock Quiz and Stomp. I'm your friendly neighborhood quiz master, Mike McCarthy. The little-known and even less cared-for fact, Rock Quiz, is all about the history of rock and roll. We'll continue to examine the roots, the stars, the sex, drugs, and rock and roll, the good, the bad, and the ugly, from the animals to ZZ Top. The format's simple. We will continue our rock version of a National Geographic trip. Eventually, we're going to wind up in England and Ireland before this whole thing concludes. On to the Mississippi Delta and a crossroads. Time now for a little-known and even less cared-for fact, Rock Quiz Question. The story goes that a man sold his soul to the devil at the crossroads. In return, he became the world's greatest guitar player. Was it A, Howard Johnson, B, Robert Johnson, C, Gabby Johnson, D, Johnson Johnson? Let me repeat that. Who allegedly sold his soul to the devil at the crossroads and in return became the world's greatest guitar player? Was it A, Howard Johnson, B, Robert Johnson, C, Gabby Johnson, D, Johnson Johnson. Well, you can call me Ray, and you can call me Jay, and you can call me Ray J, and you can call me RJ, and you can call me Johnny, and you can call me Sonny, but you doesn't has to call me Johnson. It's the committee from a million years ago. My take on it. Anyway, Robert Johnson is considered to be a master of the blues, uh, particularly the Delta blues style. Keith Richards once said, you want to know how good the blues can get? Well, this is it. When Keith Richards was first introduced to Johnson's music by his bandmate, Brian Jones, he asked, who's the other guy playing with him? Not realizing that it was just Johnson playing one guitar. In addition to the Stones being influenced by Robert Johnson, B.B. King, Eric Clapton, Stevie Ray Vaughan, the list goes on and on. If you really want to check out how the blues and how rock and roll's roots came from, give a listen to some Robert Johnson. Let's hop on the city of New Orleans for a trip down the mighty Mississippi to New Orleans, Louisiana. Laissez le bon temps rouler which means let the good times roll. And here's our first little-known and even less cared-for fact rock quiz question about New Orleans. Which of the following is not a New Orleans nickname? A. The Big Easy B. The Queen City C. The Crescent City D. The City Care Forgot repeat that. Which of the following is not a New Orleans nickname? Is it A, the Big Easy, B, the Queen City, C, the Crescent City, D, the City Care Forgot? Well, that's one of those darn trick questions you get thrown at every once in a while with this quiz. It's all of those things. New Orleans is, is that and more. I gotta tell you, I just love New Orleans. 
whether it's Mardi Gras or just hanging in the French Quarter or having a beignet at Café du Monde or messing around in the French Quarter, it is just a hoot. Going up to Louis Armstrong Park, doing one of the voodoo tours, taking a riverboat ride, it's just a great place. New Orleans has so many musical influences, it's not necessarily a hotbed for rock and roll. But I gotta tell you, I mean, you've got jazz, you've got brass bands, you've got Zydeco, you've got Cajun music, you've got the Delta Blues. And all of them come together at the annual Jazz and Heritage Festival, which truly is something to behold. So... Here's a little known and even less cared for fact question. Who founded the city of New Orleans? Was it A. Jean-Baptiste Lemoyne de Bienville, B. Antoine, B, Antoine and Pat O'Brien, C. Jean Lafitte, D. Paul Prudhomme? Let me repeat that. Who founded the city of New Orleans? Was it A. Jean-Baptiste Lemoyne de Bienville, B. Antoine and Pat O'Brien, C. Jean Lafitte, D. Paul Prudhomme? New Orleans was founded in the spring of 1718 by Bienville, who was the Duke of Orleans and was regent of the Kingdom of France. Places to go in New Orleans include the Louis Armstrong Park area I mentioned earlier, and it also contains the New Orleans Jazz National Historic Park. So, to get to Café de Monde to have your beignet and your coffee with chicory, you've got to go through Jackson Square. Jackson Square is one of New Orleans' most memorable locations. Who's it named after? A. Jackson Brown B. Jackson 5 C. Stonewall Jackson D. Andrew Jackson Let me repeat that. Who's Jackson Square named after? A. Jackson Brown B. Jackson 5 C. Stonewall Jackson D. Andrew Jackson Andrew Jackson, the seventh president of the United States, the guy that won the Battle of New Orleans. In 1814, we took a little trip along with Colonel Jackson down to mighty Mississippi. Now, that's the Battle of New Orleans. <laughs> Jackson also turned out to be, in addition to being the seventh president, he was uh, the president that pretty much caused the Trail of Tears and uh, the slaughter of indigenous people. So he was not really the best guy in the world. Moving right along, and here's our next little-known and even less cared-for fact quiz question. How do you pronounce the Queen City? Is it A, New Orleans, B, New Orleans, C, Nolans, or D, New Orleans? How do you pronounce the Queen City? Is it A, New Orleans, B, New Orleans, C, Nolans, or D, New Orleans? Once again, a trick question. Mike, you're so mean. It's all of those. 
New Orleans is incredible. I mean, every district has their own little dialect. Any place you go, and they're all pronouncing it different ways. So you're not wrong no matter how you pronounce it. New Orleans was home to a distinctive brand of rhythm and blues. A good example of that sound in the 60s was Chapel of Love, which went number one by the Dixie Cups and knocked the Beatles out of the top spot on the Billboard 100. It was a hotbed for funk music with the Neville Brothers, the Meters, Dr. John, and by the 70s, they even had their own version of hip-hop that they called bounce music. And speaking of Dr. John the Night Tripper... What is his real name? Is it A, Malcolm John Rebeneck Jr., C, B, James John Jameson, C, Jacob John Walker, D, Ted Cruz? Let me repeat that. What is Dr. John's real name? Is it A, Malcolm John Rebeneck Jr., B, John James Jameson, C, Jacob John Walker, D, Ted Cruz. It is Malcolm John Rebeneck Jr. His father's connections enabled him at an early age to get into recording sessions with like Little Richard and Guitar Slim. When he was 13, he met Professor Longhair and he was totally knocked out by the professor's flamboyant, crazy musical style and just incredible stage performance. Rebenek soon began performing with him and began his life as a professional musician at 13. He also was kind of a bad boy. He became involved in some nasty shit in New Orleans and he was selling dope, running a brothel, wound up in uh, the Federal Corrections Facility in uh, Fort Worth for a couple of years, got out and left for Los Angeles where he was a huge deal as a session musician. He was one of those first call guys. He was with the so-called wrecking crew stable of musicians, which included guys like Glenn Campbell. Rebeneck also is the winner of six Grammy Awards and was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2011. He also received an honorary doctorate from Tulane University just before he passed on, about a year before, I had the opportunity to see Dr. John and Leon Russell together. It was a piano duel to end all piano duels. It was really, really neat. They were excellent together, as of course they would. Between the two of them, they probably weighed two tons, but it was an exciting, fabulous performance. As I mentioned, the Treme soundtrack is a great example of a New Orleans music compilation. If you get a chance to pick that up, please do so. Alrighty, before we leave Louisiana, or Louisiana as it's sometimes called, I swear to God, it should be noted that their system of laws is, how shall we say this nicely, odd. <laughs> And here's our next little-known and even less cared-for fact quiz question. What is that system based on? Is it A, Robert's Rules of Order, B, the Napoleonic Codes, C, the Marquis of Queensberry Rules, D, the Code of the West? 
Let me repeat that. What is Louisiana's system of laws based on? Is it A, Robert's Rules of Order, B, the Napoleonic Codes, C, the Marquis of Queensbury Rules, D, the Code of the West? While every other state in the United States uses English common law, Louisiana uses French civil law, which is derived from the Napoleonic Codes. So you can blame a short guy for messing with Louisiana's laws. We move on to Texas. Okay, no comment. Which Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductee was born in Port Arthur, Texas? Was it A. Janis Joplin, B. Janis Ian, C. Jan and Dean, D. Ted Cruz? Let me repeat that. What Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductee was born in Port Arthur, Texas? Was it A. Janis Joplin, B. Janis Ian, C. Jan and Dean, D. Ted Cruz. In 1967, Joplin rose to prominence following an appearance at the Monterey Pop Festival, where she was then the lead singer for Big Brother and the Holding Company. And after leaving Big Brother, Janice became a solo artist. Me and Bobby McGee was huge for her, along with Peace of My Heart, Cry Baby, Down on Me, that's one of my faves, Ball and Chain, Summertime, and Mercedes Benz which was her final recording and her original song. Janis Joplin died of a heroin overdose in 1970 at the age of 27 after releasing three albums, two with Big Brother, one solo. The second solo, Pearl, was released just three months after her death. It reached number one, and she was posthumously inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1995. She remains one of the top-selling musicians in the U.S., with over 18 and a half million albums sold. You'll remember the last time we left John and Marcia, they were in brand new Jersey discussing the space program. Let's listen. Well, I know one thing, John. Yeah. I don't think I'd like to eat on the moon. Well, why not, Marcia? Oh, well, John, you said yourself it doesn't have any atmosphere. Oh, Marcia! John. Be with us again next time when John and Marcia go bear hunting at a nudist colony. Well, you can't talk about Texas without talking about that little band from Texas, ZZ Top. ZZ Top was formed in Houston in 1969. Billy Gibbons, Frank Beard, and Dusty Hill put together some amazing live performances, great lyrics, and some amazing appearances. <laughs> the sunglasses, the hats, the beards. It was really a lot of fun. I had a chance to introduce them once a long time ago, and I still have the ZZ Top keychain to prove it. I remember when we first started playing LaGrange and then Tush, how much fun it was to play those. They didn't really have big hits with them. But in 1979, that's when they really came out with the new image, the sunglasses, the chest-length beards, and really established a more mainstream sound with Eliminator and Afterburner. Some of the tunes from that include Give Me All Your Lovin', Sharp Dress, Man and Legs. Tons of exposure on MTV. The Afterburner Tour set records 
for the highest attended and highest grossing concert tour of 1986. With an estimated 50 million albums worldwide, they've won a bunch of MTV Music Awards and were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2004. This is your announcer saying, this is your announcer saying, the staff of this fine podcast have researched and vetted the little known and even less cared for facts using reference material provided by the Rolling Stone, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the Motown Museum, numerous artists and label websites, Wikipedia, and personal remembrances by friends and relations. But since it has been known that the World Wide Web is perhaps sometimes incorrect in its facts, if you find a fact you feel is incorrect, please email us at mikesrockquiz at gmail.com. Remember, the facts are facts, the quizzes are made up, and the points don't matter. Once again, when you're talking about Texas music, you have to talk about Buddy Holly. Buddy Holly from Lubbock, Texas. And here's our next little-known and even less cared-for fact quiz question. Who played Buddy Holly in the movie of his life? Was it A, Gary Busey, B, Gary Indiana, C, Gary Glitter, D, Gary U.S. Bonds? Let me repeat that. Who played Buddy Holly in the movie of his life? A, Gary Busey, B, Gary Indiana, C, Gary Glitter, D, Gary U.S. Bonds. Who else could play Buddy Holly except Gary Busey? He was perfect for the part. You know, during his short career, Holly defined the traditional rock and roll lineup of two guitars, a bass, and a drums. He was a major influence on guys like Dylan, the Beatles, the Stones, Clapton, the Hollies, Elvis Costello, Dave Edmonds, and a whole lot more, including Elton John. He was one of the first artists inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1986. Rolling Stone magazine ranked him as number 13, on the list of 100 Greatest Artists in 2010. In early 1959, after a show in Clear Lake, Iowa, Buddy Holly chartered an airplane to travel to his next show. Soon after takeoff, the plane crashed, killing Holly, Richie Valens, the big bopper, and the pilot. Later on, the day the music died became immortalized by Don McLean in American Pie. Uh, For you younger folks, that's the song, not the movie. Time now for a little-known and even less cared-for fact rock quiz question. In addition to a number of rock stars, Texas is home to a number of TV network news anchors. Which of the four is not from Texas? A. Walter Cronkite B. Dan Rather C. Bob Schieffer D. Howard Beale repeat that. In addition to a number of rock stars, Texas is home to a number of TV network news anchors. Which of the four is not from Texas? A. Walter Cronkite. B. Dan Rather. C. Bob Schieffer. D. Howard Beale. Howard Beale was a fictional network news anchor from the film Network back in 1976. Peter Finch played him and won a posthumous Oscar for the role. 
Howard Beale was the guy that said, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. The film Network was prescient. I mean, when you look at all of the things on television today, the reality shows, the Kardashians, all of the crazy stuff that we find on television, all predicted in 1976. If you get a chance to see it, check out Network. You can't talk about Texas music. It sounds like uh, a Jim Morrison song, Texas music and the big beat. Anyway, without talking about Willie Nelson. Willie Nelson, one of my faves, I mean, one of the main figures in outlaw country, along with uh, Waylon Jennings and Johnny Cash. They wanted to get away from the conservative restrictions of Nashville, and so they came up with things like Shotgun Willie, Redheaded Stranger, and Stardust. Those made Nelson one of the most recognized artists in country music and in popular music. Nelson has acted in over 30 films as well. He's co-authored several books and has been involved in activism for the use of biofuels and the legalization of marijuana. Nelson wrote his first song at the age of seven and joined his first band at the age of 10. He attended Baylor for two years but dropped out because he was succeeding in music. He also worked as a disc jockey, bless his heart, at radio stations in Texas and in the Pacific Northwest. In 1985, he helped organize the first Farm Aid concert along with Mellencamp and Neil Young to benefit American farmers, and they've been held annually ever since. He made his first movie appearance in 1979 in Electric Horseman, followed by appearances in other movies and television. As I mentioned before, he is definitely a liberal activist and has been the co-chair of the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws. There you go, Willie. <clears throat> You'll remember the last time we left John and Marsha, they were in Sugar Cuba at the country club. <clears throat> let's listen. Come on, Marsha, let's you and me go dance up a storm. All right, John. Hey, Koa, Marsha! Be with us again next time when we'll find Marsha sitting at the piano decomposing. Moving north, we head to Oklahoma, where the wind comes whistling down the plane, right? And here's our next little known and even less cared for fact quiz question. What does the slogan on Oklahoma's license plate say? A. Oklahoma okay. B. Oklahoma mediocre. C, Oklahoma, where literacy comes to die. D, Oklahoma, because Arkansas had to look down on someone. And let me repeat that. What does the slogan on Oklahoma's license plate say? A, Oklahoma okay. B, Oklahoma mediocre. C, Oklahoma, where literacy comes to die. And D, Oklahoma, because Arkansas had to look down on somebody. It is Oklahoma OK, and that comes from the Broadway musical Oklahoma. You know, where they shout, Oklahoma OK. It is uh, full disclosure time. I had the opportunity to uh, live and work in Tulsa for many years. My wife and I had very successful careers and thoroughly enjoyed Tulsa. It's too bad it can't secede from the rest of Oklahoma, but then that's just my personal opinion. 
Did a lot of radio in Tulsa. It was a lot of fun. And the other thing that was really neat about it is my wife and I had the chance to work with a lot of nonprofits and raise a lot of money for Tulsa Charities. So that was something that was really rewarding. Plus, we got a ton of friends in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Speaking of Tulsa, and once again, it's time for a little-known and even less cared-for fact rock quiz question. What is the Canes in Tulsa? A. A walking stick factory. B. A brand of coffee. C. What Abel raised. D. A legendary music venue. Let me repeat that. What is the Canes in Tulsa? A. A walking stick factory. B. A brand of coffee. C. What Abel raised. And D. A legendary music venue. The Canes Ballroom. The Canes Ballroom is a legendary music venue in Tulsa, built in 1924 as a garage, then converted to a dance studio. Canes played a prominent role in the development of Western swing in the 30s and 40s, with Bob Wills and his Texas Playboys broadcasting live almost daily, and they performed almost every week on KVOO. Leon Russell and his band were regularly booked at the Canes. It's also notable that it's only one of the seven venues in the country that the Sex Pistols played during their only North American tour. Allegedly, a frustrated Sid Vicious punched a hole in the drywall of the green room. The wall section with the hole has since been removed and is preserved and is on display at the Canes. I've had a chance to introduce a number of acts there, and it is a really interesting place to do rock and roll. On now to another little-known and even less cared-for fact rock quiz question. So, what is the Tulsa sound? A. A mix of blues, blues rock, rock, country, rock and roll, and swamp pop. B. A sound not unlike the baked bean scene from Blazing Saddles. C. Waving wheat that sure smells sweet. D. The sound of one hand clapping. Let me repeat that. So what is the Tulsa sound? A. A mix of blues, blues rock, country, rock and roll, and swamp pop. B. A sound not unlike the baked bean scene from Blazing Saddles. C. Waving wheat that sure smells sweet. And D. The sound of one hand clapping. Leon Russell, who went to high school in Tulsa, is quoted as saying, I'm not sure what the Tulsa sound is. I suppose it started when we were with Jerry Lee Lewis and we would play a shuffle while Jerry Lee played straight eight notes. If that's what they call the Tulsa sound, then that's not a bad thing. Some of the artists most identified with the Tulsa sound include J.J. Kale, Leon Russell, and Elvin Bishop. They all went to high school in Tulsa along with Gary Busey, among others. I had a chance to have them on the radio every once in a while, and J.J. Kale was the second guy ever introduced in Tulsa, and Leon was the third, so lots of fun there with those guys. J.J.'s After Midnight was covered by Eric Clapton. Leon Russell was the first member of the Tulsa scene to make inroads into L.A. music. Playing for Ricky Nelson along with uh, James Burton, he also joined Phil Spector's Wrecking Crew and produced Gary Lewis and the Playboys and Jan and Dean. He joined Joe Cocker's Mad Dogs and Englishmen and performed Jumpin' Jack Flash, Youngblood, at the Bangladesh concert. 
Leon also wrote Superstar and a song for you for the Carpenters. I had a chance to see him with Dr. John towards the end of both of their careers. They both passed within the year. At that age, they were still absolutely marvelous. A programming reminder, as much as I would love to play the tunes referenced here, Due to royalty concerns, i.e. I can't afford the fees, I suggest you check them out on YouTube or Google. But if enough of you indicate that you're willing to, oh, subscribe, say, or contribute to this fine podcast, email me at mikesrockquiz at gmail.com. Remember, the facts are facts, the quizzes are made up, and the points don't matter. Eric Clapton was the most prominent non-Tulsa artist, to be associated with the Tulsa Sound. He had a cottage up on Grand Lake. Of course, what he would call a cottage and what I would call a cottage would be two entirely different things. And used to call into the show every once in a while. He used to request miracles by Starship. Anyway, for a number of years, his band consisted of Tulsa's Carl Radel, Dick Sims, and Jamie Oldecker. During that time, Clapton was a frequent performer at a variety of venues in Tulsa, and in addition to Clapton, J.J. Cale's influence has been cited by Mark Knopfler and recorded by Clapton, Skinner, Deep Purple, the Allman Brothers, Johnny Cash, John Mayer, the band, Kansas Santana, Captain Beefheart, Widespread Panic, and Brian Ferry. The songs of Elvin Bishop have often been covered by other artists. Bob Seger had David Teagarden, among others, with the Silver Bullet Band. Some amazing musicians come out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. That's going to do it for the Rock Quiz, the little-known and even less-cared-for fact Rock Quiz and Stomp. This has been podcast number four. Coming up next, we go to the city by the shore, Chicago, as our National Geographic-like tour of the rock capitals of the world continues. I'm your host, Quizmaster Mike, saying bye-bye. <laughs>